From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Well, here we go with the news for the Alara weekend. Yes, it's the big Alara contest on. It is the WIA news for August 26, 2012. QST Managing Editor Joel Kleinman, N1BKE, Silent Key. N1BKE died from injuries received during a house fire. He was 64. N1BKE was responsible for the coordination, organisation, control and completion of all aspects of QST's editorial content each and every month. His wife Jane survived the fire but is currently in the intensive care unit of a local hospital. According to the Meridian Record Journal, David Chester, who lives across the street from the Kleinmans and about 20 others who were in his backyard at the time of the fire, were the first responders. It was crazy, Chester told the newspaper. Somebody smelt smoke and almost everybody went over there immediately. Some ran into the house and managed to save Jane. Steve, one of Chester's friends, said he saw her legs pulled on them. The other two grabbed her from the back. Together they brought her out onto the front lawn. Firefighters located Joel Kleinman in a bedroom on the second floor. Paramedics treated him at the scene, but he died later at a local hospital. The ARRL is collecting condolence messages to forward them onto Joel's family. But is, is radio still uh, a useful tool? Oh yes, indeed. There's still um, installations uh, around the world that have high-frequency radio. I think um, one of the, the things as amateurs we like to try to do is is to make people understand that uh, if the satellite network goes down or the mobile phone network goes down, we can be basically cut off. Uh, but what we do is point-to-point communications. It's not always very reliable, but we can always uh, get a message out, even when the infrastructure that we've come to rely on is, um, you know, people in the century um, fails. That's local ABC Hobart 936. And their Sunday morning announcer, Chris Wisby, contacted four lighthouse stations around Tasmania for the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. Chris spent 23 minutes talking with Ray VK7VKV, operating VK7LH from Lowhead Lighthouse on the mouth of the Tamer, Andrew VK7Alpha Whiskey, operating from the Iron Pot Lighthouse at the mouth of the Derwent, Erica from the Friends of Tasman Islanders, Mike VK7FB and Anne VK7BYL were setting up their ham radio stations on Tasman Island, and Tony VK3VTH-7 and Dale VK7YR at the Curry Lighthouse on King Island in Bass Strait, all for the ILLW. Him, I see, yeah, he was head keeper. Yeah, yes. there you go. Joyce, magnificent. You'd have some fabulous stories to tell. Yes, I have really. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we'll grab them later. That's yes. fabulous. All right, there is. Thanks, Joyce. Good on you. Right. Okay, don't right. go away. I'm going to put you on hold. Okay. Ah, uh, Joyce there from Devonport joining us. Yeah, I uh, wonder how many amateur radio operators there are still in Tasmania. As I say, I'm many years ago now, the uh, the Boy Scout Jamboree of the year, I can remember sitting in a, a couple of ham radio operators uh, listening around the world. It was pretty thrilling stuff. But uh, I don't know, what would kids today make of that when it's all so easy to talk to anywhere on the planet in a, in a click of a button, yeah, just seconds away? We thank the ABC, local radio in Tasmania, for that report which we got off the net, and it's amazing what sort of radio stations you can find on the internet these days. And as a matter of fact, the IARU 
are now welcoming DOT Radio. Yes, the IARU has embraced the European Broadcasting Union's proposal that DOT Radio be used to help create a global radio community, much like plans had been done to operate DOT TV. But few TV stations seem to use that Tuvalu uh, DOT TV. IARU President Tim Allen, VE6SH, said the IARU believes the proposal to be submitted by the EBU could provide a unique opportunity to standardise radio domain names on the internet. In a letter, Tim said, I recommend that the DOT radio top-level domain proposal of the EBU be approved by Internet Corporation for Assigned Names and Numbers. The IARU has the voice of the world amateur radio community since 1925 with a 160-strong membership. Across Australia, from VK1WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Banana Shire, it can be heard on 147 MHz every Sunday morning at 9am. I'm Ian Wells, VK4FNAA. The WIA gives Australian radio amateurs and electronics enthusiasts access to an extensive range of locally and internationally sourced publications, including those from the ARRL and RSGB. Our bookshop is designed to provide you with a simple and secure way to purchase the latest amateur radio books and publications online. We use a secure commercial e-commerce gateway for all credit card transactions and delivery to your door is provided by Australia Post. Purchasing the latest in amateur radio publications is both secure and easy. We hold a wide range of the most popular publications suitable for those starting out in the hobby, as well as books popular with the more experienced hobbyists. If there is a particular publication that you are trying to locate that is not listed in our online catalogue, then we would be more than happy to help you. Please send an email with the details of the book you are looking for to bookshop at wia.org.au. Both WIA members and non-members are able to purchase from the WIA online bookshop. However, the bookshop provides significant discounts to members of the Wireless Institute of Australia. From time to time, we do run specials on some publications. So keep an eye on your amateur radio magazine each month for details. This is Mal, VK3FDSL for the WIA Bookshop. I'm Graham VK4BB. You have tuned the WIA National News Service. In VK2, August 26, those of you heading to the Blue Mountains for the Winterfest, well, you can turn around go back because, as we've been telling you the last two or three weeks, unfortunately, it did have to be cancelled. Julian, VK2YJS Publicity Officer, Weissen, New South Wales, says that each year Weissen, New South Wales, assists in the running of Trek for Timor, a significant fundraising walk, by providing communications on a range of VHF and UHF amateur and non-amateur frequencies. This year, the event, which raises funds for community development in Timor-Leste, including the provision of vocational training, will be held in the spectacular Blue Mountains to the west of Sydney, Saturday, 15th of September. Wyson is seeking further operators, current members or otherwise for the event, and new operators would be paired with an experienced member. So, F calls, you're certainly most welcome. Weiss and ACT also have a number of, of events over the next few months and would appreciate participation by amateurs in the Territory and from southeastern New South Wales. Now, we mentioned the ACT there. 
and, well, many times, WIA national news and the various state-run local news services cry out for input from clubs as to what they're doing and we're met with very little, nothing of interest to other hams, seems to be the reply. Well, Glenn Taylor, VK1NUT, the CRARC president, has issued a state-of-the-nation summary report of CRARC services. This is much like the late, great Chris Jones of the WIA delivered in the first year of the WIA becoming a true national body. I'd suggest that all clubs get a hold of the text edition at wia.org.au and do up your own versions. I'm sure you'll be very well surprised at your result. Glenn addressed the many services that CRARC provides. There's membership. They have the highest number of members on record for the year 2011-2012, a credit to the greater variety of interest in amateur radio that there's been for years, and your continuing interest in supporting the club. You should be proud of your association with CRARC, and to make you feel extra special, please consider getting a CRARC membership certificate to hang on your shack wall. CRARC run the VK1 News email. It's a news-by-free subscription, generally individual emails in the form of a bulletin as news comes to light, and then a summary of the month's happening, obviously at the end of the month. This is the VK1 Reflector. If you wish to discuss anything with your fellow amateurs, email the email-based VK1 Reflector for the benefit of all that wish to subscribe to it. This monthly general meeting, CRARC, bring to their members one topic each month in the form of a presentation, trash and treasure nights at least twice a year. There's tech nights every second Wednesday. The VK1 ACA Clubhouse Radio Shack is getting closer to completion at the brand new Mount Mugger Radio Shack, 6, 2, 70 SEMS, HF and D-Star operating between two consoles with only modern radios. Fifth Wednesday of the month is an on-air at home night. As some months have a bonus extra fifth Wednesday, it's always fun to work from home and try out a different mode or test out that piece of gear you now have. CRARC run a comprehensive website. There's education services. There's the QSL Inwards and Outwards Bureau. Let us do your QSLing for you. The VK1 Awards. CRARC of the long-running VK1 Award to encourage contact with the elusive VK1s by using a variety of bands. It's a great award just for making contact with you, and it looks great too. Weiss and ACT is very active. There's repeaters at Mount Ganini and Isaac's Ridge. The VK1 Technical Group, this is a small but dedicated team that maintain the UHF, VHF and D-Star repeaters. If you need help with eliminating interference from your equipment to services like television, radio or even your hi-fi, contact the Interference Department of CRARC. And NETS, the VK1 local D-Star Net, is held each Tuesday night at 8 o'clock on VK1RWNG to help everybody become familiar with D-Star or just to have a nat. Now, all are welcome to check in. So there it is, a most impressive club. So how about the rest of VK? Can your club match that of Canberra? Put pen to paper and voice to MP3 and drop national news and your local state news services, your report and show the world. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. What use is an F call? 
A recent lunchtime conversation between hams revealed that the perception that you need to upgrade your license is still alive and well. Now, I should start by saying that I'm all for upgrading your skill level and learning. Getting a higher grade license is an excellent way to formalize the process of training and encouraging yourself to learn specific skills. But that notion is not related in any way to your ability to participate as an active amateur. I know that I keep saying that power is not the answer. It's what you do with what you have that makes all the difference. The more I come across other amateurs, the more I realize that if I look at my foundation license as a QRP or low power license, the more I can find challenges to tackle and investigate. I'm actively investigating new antenna types and ways to get my signal out to the world. Last weekend, I spent several hours looking for new takeoff points around my QTH, my hometown, and have found several promising locations that need investigating. The thing that I like about amateur radio is that it's as much about being self-driven and motivated as it is about joining forces with other amateurs who are either trying to achieve something that runs in parallel to your goals or who have achieved what you're aiming for. My personal goal, for no other reason than I'd like to prove to myself that it can be done, is to achieve the DXCC, an amateur radio award earned by making contact with a 100 or more geographic entities around the world, and I want to do it using just my foundation license. I don't know if it's been done or not, and while I could spend an enjoyable Sunday finding out, it's more about showing myself that it can be done. I don't know if I'm going to take a month, a year, or a decade to do this, but that's my aim. One thing I know is that I'll be talking to lots of people around the world to get there. Hi, hi. So my question to you is what motivates you to use your license, foundation or otherwise? I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. This is the Wireless Institute of Australia's national news service. Not just what happens, but what matters. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Don't mention the war. A military radio found in a bunker on Iwo Jima was probably the one used by the Japanese army to send its final message before the island was overrun by US soldiers, a news.com.au report says. The transmitter was found in an underground bunker near the remains of a Japanese soldier, an official said. The bunker in the north of the volcanic island is believed to have functioned as the Japanese Imperial Army's communication centre, the Tokyo Shimbun said. The message, which is widely known in Japan for its poetic expressions of self-sacrifice redolent of the era of the samurai, says, Arrows and bullets are exhausted, and sorrow comes as I fall. About 22,000 Japanese and 7,000 US soldiers died during the month-long battle in early 1945, which was seen as a key moment in the conflict. It's all done by mirrors. Several projects around the world seek to harvest solar radiation as the push continues for the sun to become a major source of renewable energy. VK3PC says a solar concentrator power station using curved reflecting mirrors to track the sun is proposed for co-op near Mildura in Victoria delivering local jobs in its construction and ultimately power. Four smaller solar power stations already built are in central Australia. Near Las Vegas in the USA, one of the largest solar thermal farms is to be switched on in 2013 using 170,000 mirrors to concentrate sunlight to three towers. In Paris, the iconic Eiffel Tower will start making its own electricity and hot water by the end of 2013, although it will not change the tower's famous silhouette. For the Olympic Games in Rio 2016, a solar tower and urban waterfall has been suggested to help provide the city with power. 
UK panda arrives in Mongolia. Despite a small war in Tajikistan, Neil Melville, PA9N, and Helen Woolnoff driving their nine-year-old 1.1-litre Fiat Panda have now made it to Mongolia. They are taking part in the Mongol Rally, where participants drive in no more than six weeks from the UK to Ulaanbaatar in Mongolia using a thoroughly unsuitable car of 1.2 litres or less. Over the years, Neil, PA9N, has given many presentations to the AMSAT UK International Space Colloquium, so on the underside of the bonnet they have the AMSAT UK logo with the caption, You can have more fun in space. No doubt with this scene each and every time they raise the bonnet, lots have seen the AMSAT logo. This summer in the USA, the ARRL offered teachers the opportunity to learn about ways to incorporate wireless technology into their classroom through its Teachers Institute on Wireless Technology, TI. Since 2004, the ARRL has sponsored TI sessions as part of its educational outreach to schools. This professional development training is offered at no cost to the teachers, but is funded through the grants and donations to the ARRL's Education and Technology Program. The Teachers Institute has provided teachers from elementary school to university level with tools and strategies to introduce basic electronics, the science of radio, space technology and satellite communications, as well as weather science, introduction to microcontrollers and basic robotics in their classrooms. The curriculum is designed for motivated teachers and other school staff who want to learn more about wireless technology and bring that knowledge to their students. UK regulator Ofcom is seeking views on the potential use of newly available spectrum in the VHF frequency band. Around 6 MHz of spectrum between 143 MHz and 156 MHz is becoming available for civil use. Spectrum in this band is used mainly by private mobile radio, however Ofcom will consider all potential uses and users that can be accommodated. In much of the world, the amateur radio 2 metre band extends from 144 to 148 MHz instead of the 144 to 146 MHz allocated in the UK. This Spectrum release could open the way for a great many more civil users to operate close to the amateur 2 metre band. Better than sex... Henry Lundell, VK2ZHE, points us all to the Monday 20th of August edition of the Sydney Morning Herald, where he spotted a report on the 15th International EME Conference held in Cambridge in the UK. This conference was hosted by the UK Microwave Group as well as the EME-specific lectures. There was presentations on radio astronomy and deep space communications. You'll be looking for the article, Big Bounce Better Than Olympics and Sex. This topical item features Michael Farrell, VK2FLR of Glebe in Sydney, New South Wales. Ham in Wales uses unusual approach to win tower fight. A ham in Wales has won a tower dispute with the town he lives in by taking a very different approach. He's accused the town's community council of bordering on racism and has won an appeal to erect a fourth tower in his garden. We have more in this report. Michael Butler, GW0MNP, had his planning application for a 21-foot antenna mast rejected three times in under a year, but he did not give up. In what might best be called an unprecedented three-pronged attack, Butler not only accused the city council of racism, but also wrote letters accusing the Gazette newspaper of being, quote, biased and sarcastic, and calling the borough mayor counselor, Marlene Thomas, an idiot. According to Wales.com, Butler of Green Meadow 
sent a stinging letter to his community council last month. In it, he claimed that their prejudice against his antenna mast installation ideas, quote, bordered on racism. In March, the borough council planners denied Butler's request to erect the mast in his garden to further his amateur radio hobby. Neighbors opposed to his installation compared the proposed antenna to a flying bedstead. A bedstead is a British term for the metal framework of a bed that holds the mattress, the pillows, and the rest of the bedding. But in the end, Butler's interesting approach succeeded. This one, Welsh planning inspector Rebecca Phillips upheld his appeal against the council planners. Her decision means that he can now keep the three towers he already has and erect the fourth. The only proviso is that the new tower is only at its full length for three hours a day. For the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Bill Pasternak, WA6ITF, sitting here and mulling this one over here in the newsroom in Los Angeles. The IARU Monitoring System Region 1 newsletter reports on a new burst radio system that is affecting the amateur radio operations in the 80, 40, 20, and 15 meter bands. Writing in the newsletter, Wolfgang Hadell, DK2OM, says that he discovered a new burst system operating on 3.5, 7, 14, and 21 megahertz daily. Hadell, who is the IARU Region 1 Monitoring System Coordinator, says that the system is active every full hour at plus 1, plus 2, and plus 3 minutes with 10.4 second bursts of 20 kilohertz width. Also, the signals appear to come from France. DK2OM adds that audio frequency analysis seems to pin this as being similar to CODAR signals. Their real purpose is unknown, but DK2OM says that perhaps this is a new kind of over-the-horizon radar, or ionosonde. As we go to air, Germany's Department of Post and Telecommunications has filed a complaint with its French counterpart. From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. Now the operational contest calendar, I'm Felix VK, 4FU Q Inningham. Worldwide Alara, August 25 and 26. Worldwide Oceania DX Contest SSB, October 6. Worldwide Oceania DX Contest CW, October 13. VK Spring VHF UHF Field Day, November 24 and 25. Special Event Stations DX and Beacon and Net Advice. A pair of twin Special Event Stations GB175PO and TM175PO are up and running in Dover and Calais, celebrating 175 years of P&O. Operation finishes September the 9th. Both stations will have the opportunity to work maritime, mobile and ferries at various times during this operation. A special event station with the call sign SU30ASR is operating from Alexandria in Egypt, August 24 until the 2nd of September. The Egyptian Amateur Radio Society members will activate the special call sign to celebrate the special event 30th Arab Scouts Camp. QSL via SM5AQD. DXs who recently worked Alex UA9YAB as YV7 and YV5 stroke UA9YAB will be saddened to hear of his death while still in Venezuela. It is thought that his death occurred as a result of a bite from a poisonous jellyfish. Our sympathy goes to his XYL Natalia and his two young children. Unfortunately, Alex did not take out insurance cover for his time away. Thus, his family urgently need assistance in raising funds to have his body returned to Russia from Venezuela and for funeral arrangements. 
DXWorld.net has set aside a dedicated page for donations to be sent to the family of Alex, listed as every operator who has helped so far in these hours of need. Intruder Watch, Enforcement Zone. The IIAU Region 1 site reports that Radio Bangladesh is broadcasting in the amateur radio 40 metre band. Dear fellow intruder busters, since 13 August 2012, Radio Bangladesh Batar has been transmitting everyday programs in English and Bengali language on the exclusive amateur radio frequency of 7105 kHz. The signal is very strong, S9 plus 35 dB at the 40 metre dipole of DJ9KR in southern Germany. The modulation is clear. The homepage of Radio Bangladesh Batar gives 7250 kHz as transmission frequency. We radio amateurs of the world have the right to use our exclusive 40 metre band without the harmful interference of Radio Bangladesh Batar. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK 4FUQ. Across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the northwest and central coast areas of Tasmania, it's relayed on 2 metre simplex 147.425 and IRLP node 6616. Echo Link Node 100478, 70cm amateur television at 9am each Sunday from the Northwest Amateur Television Group. I'm Tony, VK7AX. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ATV. Working Australia Pedestrian Mobile. A video showing radio amateur David Roper, M0DAD, using his pedestrian mobile station to work Paul Simmons, VK5PAS in South Australia on 20 metres, is available on the web, Google M0PAS. The purpose of this video was to show ham radio operator, VK5PAS, how he was being received at the other end of a long path QSO from Australia to the UK. The receiving location is Blythe Beach, North East UK. The equipment in use was a pedestrian portable station with everything mounted on a small shopping trolley. Worldwide, Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. The amateur radio satellite Tethersat is a 3U CubeSat that splits into two joined by our 1km tether to test electrodynamic tether propulsion. Both spacecraft will use 9600 BPS AX25 GF SK packet downlinks on UHF. A launch is planned on ORS-3 in July 2013 from the Wallops Flight Facility in Wallops Island, Vancouver. Electrodynamic tether propulsion has the potential to make space travel significantly cheaper. It's a simplified low-budget magnetic sail. It's used to either accelerate or break the orbiting spacecraft. When direct current is pumped through the tether, it exerts a Lorentz force against the magnetic field and the tether accelerates a spacecraft. Potentially, this technique could be used to raise the orbit of a satellite from potentially 600 to 1,000 kilometres using a Ward spiral manoeuvre. Worldwide Special Interest Groups, ILLW, and a very good result. Many thanks to the record number of registered stations for the 15th Annual International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. In the lead on registrations was Australia, closely followed by the US, Germany, England and the Netherlands. The next five were Sweden, South Africa, Argentina, Scotland and Canada. There were 472 registrations just ahead of last year, 
a very good result despite having eight fewer countries participating with financial and political change thought to be contributing factors. In some places, judging by the increased public visits, there was interest in the ancient form of maritime navigation. The news media also helped by running numerous stories about the weekend. It met with its intentions of raising awareness of the need to restore and preserve these structures, promote amateur radio and spread goodwill. Visit the website illw.net for full details, reports from many activations and online registration for next year's fun event to be held on August the 17th and 18th, 2013. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert VK3DN reporting from Melbourne. So there we be, the end of WIA National News for yet another week. Wrapping up August on the social scene. In VK4 on the 25th was the 50 years of Ipswich Amateur Radio Club's dinner and on the 26th was that cancelled Blue Mountains Amateur Radio Club's Winterfest. In September, September 8 in VK4 on the Sunshine Coast, the Sunfest at Wombai. September 28 to 30, also in VK4, Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club's AGM. October 21 in VK3 is Ballarat's Hamvention. Now till... Oh, and there is another one next year coming up. August 17-18, if you can wait that long, it's the next International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. Till next we meet, and hopefully well before then, I'm Graham VK4BB. Walk softly. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions. www.wia.org.au in the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.